Last week, trial lawyers and marketeers from all across the nation gathered in Miami Beach for the 2022 National Trial Lawyers Summit. I'm Lia Levy, co-founder of Nanato Media and author of Beyonce Habla Español, How Lawyers Win the Hispanic Market, and this is In Camera Podcast. We were there, and these are our takes. today i'm doing great grace thank you so much for asking uh, my energy levels are drained still recovering from earlier this week trial lawyer summit i know you are the same and funny enough um this last event it was just so intense grace right that we are recording back each one of us at our own offices like this this year was really hectic that there was not real time to actually sit down and record an episode but that does not mean we don't have a lot of things to say and talk about this year's national trial lawyer summit it was a really awesome summit and um you know coming back after an event is always kind of crazy and i'm sure it, it is you're right you were loaded i'm loaded um, <laughs> not until next week, will I be able to get to all the people that we talk to? <laughs> well, that's great, Grace. And I'm glad to hear that is the case for you because there was certainly um, a lot of events and activities around Persist and the Lake Law Group. And so I think it is really good news that things turn out to be that well. So, Grace, here is how I think we can go about giving our listeners, those who were there or not, some insights about how did we feel this year Trial Lawyer Summit went. And I think easy way of doing that is by classifying things that we really liked as the winners of the event and then things that we felt that kind of like fell through or that have room for improvement, the losers. What do you think? I agree. I think that's a good way to approach that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. So, Grace, I'm going to start here with what I would call one of my winners, okay? And I'm going to give it to the content of the summit. You see, Grace, because we are exhibiting and we are networking, we don't always get that much time to be inside the conferences and hearing the talks and the program that was put together by those who work really hard to make it happen. But I really made an effort and blocked time this year so I could attend some of the conferences. And also the fact that my boot was really, really close to the main conference hall where a lot of these talks were happening also helped. And I'll tell you something. I both think that in the business of law track and also during the courtroom playbook uh, sessions, there were really, really, really good things happening. I'll tell you one of my favorites from the business of law track was one that was moderated by uh, Harlan. And it was a conversation about powerful messages to the press and the public making your voice heard. 
And the two panelists that were joining Harlem were the one and only Ben Crump and uh, Mark Gergos, who's a famous CNN commentator for criminal law. Uh, many of you have seen him, right? And Grace, well, not just because these two are powerhouses that know the media inside out, but it was so interesting. And it's really, really fun uh, to hear them talk and also to realize, Grace, that they really leave their messaging. It's not a marketing stunt. They really believe it. They really believe everything they say when they show up on TV and they talk and they advocate and they make their voice heard. They're really speaking out to what their beliefs are. And it's, um, I don't know, I, I found it really inspirational. More so kind of like um, more I felt or, or perceived it more than uh, a, a marketing or a business talk our keynote about humanity and inspiration. And it was really uh, powerful. I really, really enjoyed it. And so that was one. Now wait for it. The next one, Grace, that I have was one that I usually do not show up for these conferences when it when it turns into the courtroom playbook and such, because I'm not a lawyer, right? And while I do find these things interesting, um, you know, I need to prioritize between being inside those conferences or doing other things that are important for our agency. And so I did create a time to show up at the courtroom playbook session on Tuesday. That is the third day of the conference. And I was able to hear the session about jury selection and the anatomy of jury and implicit bias, seeing it, feeling it, understanding it, and overcoming it. I mean, just the title, right? And so this was actually led by Mark Mara. Grace, in the entire event, never, never was the main conference hall so full than when this talk was taking place. It was unbelievable how packed it was. In the middle of the actual session, they had to drop more chairs, like you've had banquets, housemen rolling in more chairs so more people can make uh, come in and sit down and listen to the session. It was mind-blowing. It was really, really interesting. And for me particularly, I found it even more interesting and relevant because a lot of what Mark was talking about is that how do you how do you handle a non-English speaking witness while on trial? And he actually gave an example. He was talking about Spanish speaking witness. Grace, I mean, it was mind blowing. Really, really, really interesting. I'm sure I'm not the only one that felt that way. Everybody was really quiet, listening, super focused. And you know, when you've just exchanged glances with people around the room, everybody was nodding. They were like, "Wow." Like, this is the shit we come here for. Really, really impressive. What about you, Grace? I know you were busy. Were you able to jump and sneak in into one of these conferences or heard anything that you found really inspirational? Uh, so, yes, I definitely was, actually. Um, I was involved in, as you know, <laughs> a million different things, uh, including the John McEnroe Q&A and all of that. So... I, I did get the chance uh, before the Q&A, which, you know, was a major thing um, to jump into a couple of sessions that were happening. And that included the linear one right before the Q&A that we had. So um, I did, I, I mean, it was really amazing. The sessions were definitely 
worthwhile. And there were so many of them at the same time that I kind of wanted to attend where I was like, you know, in the business of law, plus things like in the, you know, how to DQ a client and, you know, all across the board, there was just so many, such great content. Like you yeah. said, I mean, it, uh, yeah. I, I didn't know where to look next, you know? No, t totally, totally great. I, I do agree with you. And yeah, so I, I did, I was not inside the Mark Lanier uh, conference, but I've heard wonderful things about it. So the fact that I'm not mentioning it, it doesn't mean that it was not great. I must also say that on the first day uh, of uh, Business of Law that was curated primarily by uh, Seth Price, there were also some really amazing uh, conferences about marketing. And uh, even Kent Hardison's uh, kind of like bonus session of Pioma Sunday morning, lots of great things were said about it. So, you know, it is not to say that if we're not mentioning it here, it wasn't good. This is just our experience and what we were actually able to see and witness in here. And I, I will tell you, Grace, one of the uh, most fun talks that I sat down in a room was Ed Lakes and John McEnroe's uh, talk. It was just fun. And people really, really enjoyed it. And those who were there were super excited to be part of it. And they, you know, they asked so many thoughtful questions and put so much effort into making it like the attendees, right? Because the Q&A was not just Ed towards John, but it was the audience towards John. And Ed was moderating, right? And interfering. And actually, pretty funny. I was, you know, he really added a spark there and make, you know, and, and, and make it even more spicy. And it was, it was great. And I think, you know, John handled, I, I did not know much about him, but it seems like he had sort of kind of like a fiery personality, very, very uh, uh, impulsive and, you know, high energy on the field that sometimes turned into what may have seemed some aggression in some way or another. But but people really, I mean, he, he handled it with such charm and talk about his experience, you know, as a tennis player in the field and how he handled that and what he learned about it. And now uh, giving insights about today's tennis uh, landscape, uh, the current stars and the future of the sport. Right? It was really, really interesting. And as I said, it was really fun to hear the audience, uh, many of them who grew up. Uh, admiring him and and kind of like really living his 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 career um, in a parallel, and so it was really really fun. Of course, uh, there was another uh, superstar in the sports arena uh, as part of the event that was the Dan Marino launch uh, Monday that I did not attend. I, I don't think a lot of people were able to because there, as soon as they'd open up the room, it got jump pack and so i at the time had a, was at a call so i didn't even try to stop by but i did hear that you know people who actually with intent tried to get there you know it, it just reached capacity very very soon and so a lot of people were left wanting to get in but i heard great things about it great and so this is so so fun right how these events are bringing these personalities from the sports or entertainment industry and, you know, break a little bit from the uh, law and business of law topics to kind of like bring up um, some freshness and some outside of the box ideas and, and, and inspirational stuff to the uh, conference. So I enjoyed that. I really think that it showed up 
all of the effort that the organizers, those who curated all of these sessions put into it because it was really, really, really great, Grace. It was very difficult to get into some of these events. Uh, yeah, people were yeah. waiting in line before they totally. even started. So, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was the same for the John McEnroe, right? We, I mean, we had to yeah. sort of muscle our way to even keep our first front tables. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, people knew what was going on and they were with intent, you know, selecting where they were going to be and they were as i said they were there and as i and, and it was very impressive because for instance ben crump and mark Gergos uh talk that was 8 a.m in the morning on the second day and you know ntl like people don't show up that early for anything and it was pretty full it was pretty full there were a lot of people there and so it just comes to show that there was a really uh interest from people not just for the networking and the events and the parties that surround the uh, convention but actually the program and the agenda and i love that i think it's refreshing and i love being part of it now grace you know we cannot just talk about the good things all in a row we need to you know let the bad stuff kind of getting between so now let's go to one, let's let's go into one of the of the loser and i would say grace that it was the um conference space layout of the fountain blue right first time holding the conference in this new venue uh traditionally it's been held for the past few years in the law uh, at the laws in miami beach now it was moved to the fountain blue grace and I think that just the whole layout of the conference space left a lot, both attendees and exhibitors, desiring more, right? I think we were way too spread out. The exhibitor hall was just like so long and so spread out. And there was, it was just not something that could be enjoyed as an exhibitor hall should be. There had to be so much walking done that you were just kind of like, people were just printing through it in order to be able to get from one place to another without necessarily making it something that you that you go and spend time in it, right? It was just super expansive in a way that it did not help. I'll tell you, I love the fact that we were not kind of like, well, at least I felt there was more space and we had 10 feet by 10 feet, which is much appreciated. I personally don't like eight by eight uh, boot spaces, which is kind of like the traditional of these legal conferences. So the 10 by 10 was great, was much appreciated, but just how expansive this whole thing was did not allow for a lot of engagement between exhibitors and attendees. And I think this was shared not just between other exhibitors who share the same feelings, but attendees as well. They just find it hard to take it in and to really be able to spend time here because they're always moving and trying to get from one point to another. And it was just too much time was going into that. I mean, one thing here also was, you know, there was the main conference hall where everything was happening, but then you have breakout rooms that were completely impossible to find, literally impossible to find. Like you had to completely deviate through different hallways. Uh, signage was somewhat limited. I mean, you know, it, it was it, it wasn't easy. So your side had 10 by 10, um, mm. our side, it was, you were, yeah, yeah, we were jammed in there. Um, yeah. it was technically 10 by 10. 
uh, but it was so close and the pipe yeah. grape. I mean, we were honestly, luckily we, we had really nice booth mates, you know what I mean? They were yeah. very friendly and they were helping, we were helping each other. And, you know, we had actually, uh, I think it was Carver's next to us and she was like the nicest person ever. Um, some of our stuff fell over into her side. Some of her stuff fell over <laughs> into ours, you know, yeah. and we were just laughing about it, honestly, because I mean, there was just no room, um, where we were jammed in. And that's because we were in the first two rows once you entered the exhibit hall. So I did notice that there was a lot of people that, you know, how they, they, what they, what I call, and honestly, um, in the bar business, they call it like that too. It's the butt funnel and that is <laughs> to funnel people in and around so that they see all the exhibitors. That was really so different this time around because what they had in place, it really didn't stop them from moving it. I, I know because I did the same thing honestly, because it was just so big this time around that I didn't want to keep walking round and around and around. Yeah, and totally. I just would push the table to the side or walk totally. through the water yeah. fountain. It just was too much. And all of us felt the same way. And it, it's, you know, it's not necessarily their fault per se, because this is the first time they're doing it at Fountain Blue and they've always done it at the lows. Yeah. So I understand that how it could have been difficult for them to try and create that same feeling atmosphere where, you know, the sessions were in the exhibit hall for so many years that yeah. they had to go through it and they wanted to, and they would stop and look and see Yeah. this time they were like, I need to get to the next session. And it's on the other side of the exhibit hall. So I can't go through the exhibit hall. I have to go from the outside to the outside to get to the session. Yeah. It, it, it was really, really, really expensive. And I think people, you know, were just wanting to be practical and they had to find shortcuts and kind of like go through the drywall in order to get from, you know, almost the lobby right into the ballroom where the main exhibitor was, sorry, where the main conference was in an effective way without having to necessarily walk the, you know, I don't know what felt almost like half a mile of exhibitor whole space. And I also think, you know, for those who were at the very front, at the very beginning, uh, those huge uh, sections where Martindale, Filebine, and uh, CAMG were, those areas as well, I think they felt very disconnected from the rest of the conference. And so I do think that while maybe the Lowe's was starting to feel small for the size of the event, the Fountain Blue felt a little bit way too big. And it just did not create kind of like that uh, atmosphere that we've grown to love about the exhibitor hall at the trailer or something, which, which historically has been one of the best because of that reason, right? That you've said where uh, sessions are happening inside the exhibitor halls. So, Grace, and again, they did keep the main ballroom right inside. Like, you had to cross through the whole exhibitor hall to be there. But then the breakout sessions, they were completely disconnected, right? Or where the Dan Marino launch thing happened, that was completely on a different area. That was by the lobby. So, it was really, really uh, kind of, like, detached. Now, Grace, so we can finish up the conversation here on the Fountain Blue. I'll tell you one thing that I thought was great about the location, because not everything was bad. I think the bar at the Fountain Blue was an amazing place to network. It was perfect. It was perfect. Why, I have no idea, Grace. There was nothing really special about it. And the drinks suck. And they were super expensive. 
and okay. there was no food. <laughs> it was like there's there was really not much to love about the the offering of the bar itself, but the layout and the fact that people, for some reason, I think half of it have to do with the fact that it was pretty much in the lobby. And so the lightning and the noise levels were somewhat reasonable that enabled for the space to be um, entertaining, but still function for a network, right? right. They were not too atmospheric or um, too conceptualized into a bar that made it hard for people to network. It was a great place where you could at any time of the day, just pop by and have a conversation with someone and people like hanging out there. I think because of the same reason, because you could feel very comfortable without it being loud, without it being uh, perceived as, you know, this is like a night spot or a nightclub or anything like that. It felt like the right type of place where you could just have, go and have conversations with people and all time throughout the conference there was always people there and it was a great place to just have conversations i really loved it i loved the fact that people spent most of their evenings there true people went out dinners parties and everything but they primarily hanged out at the bar and i think that was great i don't i did not feel that at the lows i i felt at the lows that people you know i don't know maybe it's because also the fountain blue is kind of like a little bit taken away in, in, in like not in the middle of, of um, South Beach, just like the low seas. And so for that reason, people felt that hey, let's just hang out here rather than just go across the street or to the bar next door or whatever. And so I it just worked. I liked it. I loved it. I had great conversations, hung out there with a lot of people uh, that I knew that I met there. And it just lent itself very well for, for that, for networking. I agree. I really do. I mean, you know, the sessions on the inside and all of that part of what we're talking about, it, I'm sure they can take all the good stuff that we got, right, from the old uh, sessions and everything that we did before and take some of the the good things that we got from this as well and combine yeah. the two, you know, because yeah. the, the, the bar was great. The, I mean, really, there was a lot of food options actually too, you know. For, I don't know. For dinner, you know, but it, at the bar, where you mean at the restaurants? At the restaurant the... surrounding the bar. Okay, there okay. was no food at the bar, as we said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they only had drinks, and they only wanted you to drink while you were there, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm just sorry. I'm, I cannot get over the fact that at a five star hotel like the Fountain Blue, at their main bar, they will serve you tonic out of out of a out of a soda gun, soda gun, Grace, soda grown on a twenty dollar gin and tonic. Soda gone. I mean, I cannot wrap my hand around that. The worst quality, worst, worst quality, right? How can you how can you take a high quality gene and and, and, and spill over that machine gun stuff? No, honestly, horrible. Oh, that, that's Miami prices. I'm sorry to tell you, that's how much it is. And then hotels, you that's usually how it goes. It's supposed to be a five star hotel. It is a little older, a little more run down, you know, so it's, it, it it's for, because of the amenities, as you know, you know, you're in hospitality, so you know why they, they market what they market, but it, it was not a five-star. Yeah. I, I live in Miami, as you know, and this was not a five-star hotel. I'm sorry. Um, it was a great experience with the people that, you know, like yourself being there and it was great to see you and great to see all the people that I haven't seen in a while. But yeah, that was not the experience that yeah. I was expecting at the Fountain Blue of all places in particular. All right, let's let's start being some pe so picky here about the location and that's that stuff, and let's give back credit where credit is deserved. Yes. 
Grace, um, Golden Gobble Awards. Golden Gobble Awards. First time for me attending. I definitely want you there next year. I'll make sure you're there next year. Because, hey, number one, this is, a, I mean, it. you know, we've heard about the Golden about the golden Gobble for a few years now, right? And, and we're kind of like taking it for granted. But, I mean, when you really think about it and you're sitting down in the room, it's really humbling to think the fact that we've come so far that we now have an awards ceremony. And I know it sounds a little bit egocentric, right? We're handing each other awards here as to who is doing great um, advertising and such. But it's a great celebration to what many of us are so passionate about, right? Which is legal marketing. And what was really wonderful about this year, Grace, is that something new got started. And that is the, uh, and I believe this is the way it's being called, is the Golden Gobble Hall of Fame, right? Right. And so obviously, obviously, to no one's surprise, um, it was Harlan, he did the he made the induction to the first law firm, to the first lawyer to get, uh, you know, to get, to be part, to become part of this Hall of Fame. And it was... Um, a really, really inspirational grace. So I don't think I can make justice to the story behind what this law firm accomplished, but it was given to Jacoby and Myers, right? And what I've learned as this happened and because they put up a little, um, I would almost call it a documentary that lasted about five to 10 minutes of them explaining really what was the journey that they went through in order to be able to start advertising for law firms? And this goes all the way back to the late 70s, Grace. And they basically aired the first two TV spots that ever aired in the United States for a law firm. And it was mind-blowing. Not just to see those spots, because they also put them on the screens, but actually hearing the story. And how much of a great lawyer they were, but how much of media prodigies these two lawyers were. Because they understood very well that even though, so here's, you know, the long, the short version of the story, they wanted to advertise, State Bar was telling them you cannot advertise. It's against, it's against the, 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 the rules and ethics and whatnot, right? You cannot advertise as a law firm. And back in the day, it used to be like that for everything, apparently. Doctors, everything. Nobody could advertise. And so um, they believed that that was not right because, you know, you are, instead of making um, the law more accessible to people, you are kind of like depriving them from, the, from access to it. And so they really stood their ground and... Every time that they were being told no, they would hold press conferences and the media will be all over it. And they would basically be in front of the pages of every major publication, you know, talking about this. And, and eventually they won, right? And so uh, it was really, really, really something. And it was very well-deserved grace. And again, it, it made it, you know, even more 
you know, it gave you even more reasons to believe that, you know, the Golden Gavel is not just about attorneys showing up their latest TV ads and just feeling great about it. It, it, there is a mission behind this, right? And, and that is delivering a message and enabling and, and making legal services accessible to those who need it. Um, and marketing is a huge element of it. And that's what this event celebrates great. So I love that. I think it was really, really great. Very inspirational. Of course, of course, those who won awards, uh, they really deserve it. Some of them rightfully, some others. Hey, you know what? If that is the best ad that we've come up with, then there's a long way to go. But of course, there were other, there were some other advertisers that really, really did a great job. Obviously, amongst the winners, to no one's surprise, Michael Morse, um, Don Worley actually won an award this year for the one minute spot. Interesting, they kind of like went down the down the road of doing uh, some kind of like uh, Mission Impossible sort of Don Worley. It's the special agent moving around from one case to another. It was it was fun. It was entertaining. That was uh, an ad produced by OpenJar, and it, it's good, Grace. It's creative. It's entertaining. And at the end of the day, what I think it's super important here is that most of these lawyers, most of these lawyers, they're up against insurance companies. Most of them, right? That their advertising campaigns are up against the insurance companies. Some of the most powerful, lucrative, and creative uh, companies out there. And a lot of these law firms are now really making making an impact with their campaigns that are as good and effective and of quality as many of these other insurance companies' campaigns are. So I obviously, as a marketeer, took a lot of pleasure of seeing that, Grace. Grace, let's go for one more loser. What else? Losers. Um... I don't know if I'd say losers, but it because of the size of the conference and where everything was, I think that a lot of the smaller sessions that might have been better attended in general were a little left behind. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will put that back in the bucket of the layout. Of yeah. The yeah. That's why I that. said it's, you know, I don't know that I would yeah. add any more to what we yeah. already said, winners and losers. And it's because- oh, Grace. You're very generous. I have, I have. I I'm have sure you one. have a whole list I'm of them because I know you did not get a lot of the things that we normally yeah. would get from NTL. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one. No, yeah. and this is not NTL's. This is not NTL's fault. This was the weather. Miami oh my weather. God, you're Miami right. weather. Miami weather didn't deliver this time, and I think it really disappointed. Yeah, it really disappointed a lot of the attendees. And again, we're not, you know, particularly this week. Considering what other states throughout the nation are going through, whether that's here in the southwest or up north in the east coast, right? It's no complaints, no complaints. But when you go to the trial lawyer summit, you expect Miami weather, right? Yeah. You expect warm. You expect nice, breezy evenings where you can, you know, just enjoy yourself on a rooftop and not kind of like be freezing out. And I think that's what happened this year is that weather did not really came through. It was very cold. Uh, 
I mean, not very cold. Come on, let's put things into context because also people, you know, were saying, oh my God, it's so cold, so cold, particularly those local to Florida. It wasn't really that terrible, but it wasn't warm neither. And so I guess, you know, that was a little bit of a letdown for some, but I think it was quickly overcome with great company, great events, great content, and it didn't really make much of a dent, but it was there. It was frozen. I am from here. I grew up here and that was miserable. I am so glad you said that actually, because we had this whole company retreat planned and we were going to go out on the boat and everyone was going to enjoy the actual Miami weather and water. And it, we couldn't, we really couldn't. And we, that day, Sunday, the day it started, there were lizards, right? Iguanas falling out of the sky because it was so <laughs> cold. That's so crazy. So you're right. It, it just, I think I just blocked it all out because I did not want to even remember that it was that cold because that is so yeah. unusual for us that it was the coldest it's been in probably close to 20 years. It was ridiculous, guys and ladies and yeah. gentlemen, because this does not happen in Miami, much less around this time of year. But it was, it was terrible. It was frozen. But I think that, you know, a bunch of us were commiserating together and that kind of made everybody like stay inside and closer to each other. Than they might have normally being out at the cabanas away from everything that that could be that could be yeah yeah that could be another thing also also yeah the, that whole cabana thing by the pool that felt very weak as well in my opinion i didn't spend a lot of time there i went around to see what was going on in there but it felt very like forced like we are here at the cabanas because that's what you do at ntl not because it really made a lot of sense or it was you know a great thing to do so i don't know maybe it was also because you know the, the pool area the at, at, at the fountain blue it's huge right and so maybe that also made it look a little bit you know way to disperse rather than kind of like hey here we're the trial lawyers some uh, some of the attendees hanging out here uh it, it felt it felt too scattered so grace i have one last winner that I want to talk about. And obviously it's gotta be the social events, right? What happens outside of the official program of the conference. And for me, the most entertaining event out of them all that I got to attend was by far the persist dinner that you guys put together at Novo. Not only because it was an amazing venue with amazing food and amazing drinks. And that just, I, I do say that because I was complaining just a moment ago about the quality of drinks at the Fountain Blue. Not the, not the same case in Novo, not at all, not at all. Terrific everything, service, drinks, food, but most importantly, mix of people. Grace, honestly, just, first of all, and I know Grace is going to be humble about this, but everyone who's anyone at NTL was there. So that's a given, right? It was really, really attended by some of the biggest hitters in the legal industry that were present at NTL. And that was really impressive to see them all in the same space at the same event for so long, because most of them really stayed the entire event. So that was really remarkable and did not go unnoticed to much of us who were attending. But it was also just an event 
obviously that was attended by by John McEnroe, which set up an extra level of excitement to things and really, uh, you know, made it even more fun. But it was just such a great feeling where you just could stop by and stop from table to table and initiate conversations with people that either you know or you just met there. And there was such a good spirit and positive energy and people just wanted it to enjoy themselves and to connect and, you know, create content for their social media platforms. And it was just wonderful, Grace. I mean, I I couldn't have had more fun. I took from there a lot of great new contacts. And I, you know, thank you for having put that together because it was it was so great. And, and honestly, all of you guys, all of you, everyone from Persist, you know, each one of you acted like a like a host, took so much care for of everyone that was there, stopped by. I mean, from from Ed, who was literally stopping person by person, asking them, How are you enjoying yourself? Thank you for coming, handing out autographs from Drug Life and Roll, right? I mean, really, really taking care of your guests to, to you and everyone in the team. I mean, it was just a wonderful experience. And for me, those are the memories I'm taking away from from NTL. That's that's what for me kind of like encapsulates the event and 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 the memories that I will that will stay with me forever. So thank you for that, Grace. Well I'm glad that you really enjoyed yourself. Um you know we enjoyed having everybody there. There was over 110 people. It was very it, it was crazy from the moment we got there to the moment it ended and everybody stayed all the way to the end. That's how you always know it's a yeah. good party, right? And totally. I'd say there's probably a good 90% of the people there were attorneys, right? And maybe a small percentage of vendors that we know, you know, know, like, and trust and work with like yourself. Um, and that, you know, so it definitely lent itself to a better feel for the attorneys themselves, right? Because they're so used to getting sold and and pitched and constantly spoken to even at dinners. And so Ed, this is all Ed, you know what I mean? These are things that he loves. He's a consummate host and he loves putting stuff like this together where he feels like people are really, truly enjoying themselves and not just coming to an event, you know, where you can actually talk to somebody and you get to know new people and you grow this network. And Ed's been doing this for so many, so many years that he just wants other people to get the benefit of what he knows and the people that he knows and likes putting together. So it, it was I love doing things like that. You know, I mean, obviously it was insane while we were there, but, you know, I do enjoy it when other people enjoy what we put together and it couldn't have gone any better. It really couldn't have. I mean, the, the people, the quality of the people, the people there, um, everyone just wanted to have a good time. Right. And we did. And, uh, I gotta say, for those of you who don't know Ed, um, you should, <laughs> and if you do know him, you know, that he's the one that brought the wine. He brings his wine to every event because Ed is that guy. He is, yeah. he wants people to truly enjoy the wine that he enjoys. And so yeah. everyone enjoyed the wine that he got, yeah. he got to enjoy. And and without giving too much away here, I mean, this, this is not the type of wine that, that you bring because you just happen to, to have a personal preference for it. Uh, but it's, it's subjective, right? No, not, not everyone would agree that it's great wine. This is world-class wine that is as good and as as good as it comes. You, you just don't get better than that. And it was really, really amazing. 
and everything was top quality, grace, and most importantly, right, the care and the opportunity really to engage for the team for me. It was, it was really the first time that I met some of uh, your team members, for instance, in Puerto Rico. And I, I, I must say, I mean, they're all so lovely, so dedicated, so, so, so passionate about what they do. And, you know, while it didn't come as a surprise, knowing you and knowing the team of Persist, it was so great to be able to connect with them as well and to hear what they do and, uh, you know, um, how they're all part of this. And it was just a great, great, great opportunity to uh, connect with them, with the rest of the, of, of, the, of the extended family of Persist and also, you know, a lot of very, very powerful people in the legal industry who were present there. So, you know, which is, again, one of the reasons why you go to these events. It's not just for being at the exhibitor hall and striking deals there with potential new clients if you're a vendor and if you're thinking about it that way, right? Um, sometimes you do find the right and ideal client that you initiate a conversation there at your exhibitor booth and then continue it after uh, whilst everybody's back at their office and eventually becomes a client. That happens and hopefully it will happen to you if you go to exhibit. But most importantly, you go there because you are creating these relationships that go well past beyond just one you know, business partnership. This is bigger than that. And so, Grace, I think that is our main takeaway, right? Be part of it. Yeah, you have to. I mean, we got so disconnected with COVID and the virtual events and yeah. this and that and the other that we we have the need. We are human beings and we have the need for contact and connection and more so now than ever, right? So do it. Do these things. You know, I mean, even if you attend them do attend them virtually in some cases, um, you know, try to make those connections with people. Um, I know it's difficult if you are doing it virtually, um, do what's right for you in terms of, you know, obviously what makes and keeps you safe in, even in these times, obviously, but try, you know, if, if you are safe and you're comfortable and you're okay doing it, try, try to go in, out and, you know, be a part of these events and network opportunities because, that's where they come. They don't, you know, you, you're not going to get that opportunity behind a screen and somebody not even knowing what you look like or who you are, what your personality is like, what, what you represent. And that's what you get to capture at these events. You know, like Liel and I got to know each other at one of these events. That's, that's how, right. That's exactly how him and I connected. I saw him. I saw him talking. I saw his booth. And I just loved what he had to say and his, what he was representing. And I was like, hey, let's become friends. Let's do something together. Let's figure this out. He said the same thing. And that's how we, two years later, here's our podcast. So you that's never right. know, right? Never Absolutely, know. Absolutely, Grace. Absolutely. You go there and you find greater things than just business. Um, it's relationships that take you and make you really, you know, what you want to be and and this is and this is this is really i think the biggest takeaway uh, takeaway here is do not dismiss these opportunities as a waste of time they are not they are not they're probably the most valuable thing you can do on three days of your time believe it or not and there's so much fun grace and one of the things i will i will close up with this is you know talking with 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 one really, 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 really nice client of ours that I that I really have come to uh, love because he's just a wonderful human being, and and he, you know, one of the things he's saying is, you know, Liel, you need to enjoy your life, right? 
You need to enjoy your life. You need to live in this moment because you don't know. You know, people say that a lot, but they they're just saying it in a way to excuse some 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 behavior. But this was not that. This was really find find purpose, find pleasure in what you're doing today, so that you're not waking up with regrets tomorrow or a week or a year from now, feeling that you've missed out on things. So, you know. I know it sounds like everybody tells you this and stuff, but when you are there and you see everything that you can do and everything that you can meet and all of the people out there that are so interesting and passionate about the same things that you are and you're talking with them, then then you realize, you know, if I wouldn't have been here, I would have missed this out. And so that's, that's kind of like um, the message, right? Grace. Thank you so much for another great episode, a terrific conference. Loved being able to spend time with you and the team during National Trial Lawyers 2022. And we'll be back next week with another conversation. That's right. That's right. Next week's another conversation. And a week from then, I'm going to be at AAJ in Palm Springs. So see you there. <laughs> That's right. I'll see you there again, Grace. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. If you like our show, make sure you subscribe, tell your co-workers, leave us a review, and send us your questions at ask at incamerapodcast.com. We'll see you next week. Bye.